This is the Daily Signal podcast for Wednesday, September 9th. I'm Virginia Allen. And I'm Rachel Del Judas. Recently, the U.S. Marshals Service found 39 missing children in Georgia over two weeks in a mission called Operation Not Forgotten. Georgia Attorney General Christopher Carr joins me on the Daily Signal podcast to discuss. Don't forget, if you're enjoying this podcast, please be sure to leave a review or a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Now, on to our top news. The Secretary of State in Georgia says that 1,000 people double voted in Georgia's primary. Those who voted twice in the June 9th primary committed a felony and will be prosecuted, Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger said on Tuesday. A double voter knows exactly what they're doing, diluting the votes of each and every voter that follows the law, Raffensperger said during a press conference at Georgia State Capitol. Those who make that choice to game the system are breaking the law, and as Secretary of State, I will not tolerate it. Postmaster General Louis DeJoy is the subject of a new investigation by the House Committee on Oversight and Reform, chaired by New York Democratic Representative Carolyn Maloney. Maloney announced the investigation Monday under allegations that DeJoy reimbursed some of his former employees at the North Carolina company New Breed Logistics for making financial contributions to GOP candidates. David Young, New Breed's former human resources director, told the Washington Post that Lewis was a national fundraiser for the Republican Party. He asked employees for money, we gave him the money, and then he reciprocated by giving us big bonuses. Maloney has called for DeJoy's immediate suspension under the allegations and under claims that the Postmaster General may have lied to Congress about his financial actions. In a statement, Maloney wrote, If these allegations are true, Mr. DeJoy could face criminal exposure, not only for his actions in North Carolina, but also for lying to our committee under oath. We will be investigating this issue, but I believe the Board of Governors must take emergency action to immediately suspend Mr. DeJoy, who they never should have selected in the first place. DeJoy was asked about the allegations by Representative Jim Cooper, a Democrat of Tennessee, during his House Oversight Committee hearing on August 24th, and responded to the claims, that's an outrageous claim, sir, and I resent it. The U.S. has had its lowest numbers of coronavirus cases since June. Johns Hopkins University released data finding that 24,000 new cases were found on Monday, with 267 deaths, and over the past week, there have been an average of more than 37,000 U.S. cases reported per day, The Hill reported. The CEOs of nine pharmaceutical companies signed a joint pledge on Monday vowing not to unsafely rush a COVID-19 vaccine. The pledge states that a vaccine will not be made available to the public until after a rigorous Phase three clinical trial is completed. Companies to sign the safety pledge include AstraZeneca and Johnson & Johnson. The CEOs write, we, the undersigners, biopharmaceutical companies, want to make clear our ongoing commitment to developing and testing potential vaccines for COVID-19 in accordance with high ethical standards and sound scientific principles. And the pledge continues on saying a vaccine will only be submitted for approval or emergency use authorization after demonstrating safety and efficacy through a phase three clinical study 
that is designed and conducted to meet requirements of expert regulatory authorities such as FDA. Now stay tuned for my conversation with Georgia Attorney General Christopher Carr on how the U.S. Marshal Service found 39 missing children in Georgia over two weeks in a mission called Operation Not Forgotten. Are you looking for quick conservative policy solutions to current issues? Sign up for Heritage's weekly newsletter, The Agenda. In The Agenda, you will learn what issues Heritage scholars on Capitol Hill are working on, what position conservatives are taking, and links to our in-depth research. The Agenda also provides information on important events happening here at Heritage that you can watch online, as well as media interviews from our experts. Sign up for The Agenda on heritage.org today. I'm joined today on the Daily Signal podcast by Georgia Attorney General Christopher Carr. Attorney General Carr, it's great to have you on the Daily Signal podcast. Rachel, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be on. Well, thanks for making time to be with us. So I'd love to talk about what happened recently. The U.S. Marshal Service recently found 39 missing children in Georgia over a two-week period uh, in a mission of theirs called Operation Not Forgotten. So can you start off by telling us about what Operation Not Forgotten was? Absolutely. So Operation Not Forgotten was designated to locate and recover missing and endangered children in Georgia and beyond, including some that were known uh, to be victims of sex trafficking. So we, the, the important thing from, from my perspective is there were 39 missing child recoveries, of which 15 we know are suspected of being sex trafficking victims. So those children's lives are going to be forever changed. And it's as a result of the partnerships that we really created. And I commend the U.S. Marshals Service, the FBI, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, our new Human Trafficking Prosecutions Unit, but also the nonprofits that are there to help uh, rehabilitate the kids. And that's Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. It's Wellspring Living. Great partnerships. But that's what happens when you have good partnerships uh, and you rescue children. We had mentioned uh, sex trafficking, and I know a press release from the U.S. Marshal Service said that the missing children who were found were considered to be at some of the most high-risk and challenging recovery cases in the area. So along with sex trafficking, can you tell us what some of those other high-risk cases were? Absolutely. So you had cases where children were being exploited, you had sexual abuse, you had physical abuse. You had some children that either had medical or mental health conditions. So in some form or fashion, they were high risk. They had been uh, identified by local law enforcement, by agencies or others, uh, and were uh, given to the marshal service to, um, uh, to make sure to check in on their well-being or, in, in, again, some cases, rescue and recover. So it was a broad-based operation. And, and, and again, some of our most vulnerable children um, and that, that were rescued, recovered, and, and made sure that they were safe. Can you kind of give us a little bit of a perspective or look behind the scenes into how an operation like this is successfully executed? What kind of things go into the background and then the execution to do something incredible like this? Sure. And I don't want to get too much into the details of, of the specifics, but from a high level perspective, it takes a lot of preparation. It takes a lot of coordination. 
again, between local agencies and our state agencies, we had the Department of Family and Children's Services, for example, that were a part of it and, and had, had had concerns about some of the children uh, that may have been in their purview. We had local law enforcement uh, and others that had uh, identified and provided the names to this uh, to group and, and for this operation. But at the end of the day, it, it takes coordination. It takes preparation. You know, the, the children that were found in this particular operation were anywhere between three and 17 years old. Um, many were found in Georgia, but others were found as far north as Michigan. Some as you know, down in Florida, as far west as Oklahoma, and even a couple were identified as being overseas. So that takes preparation, coordination, logistics, uh, again, you need law enforcement, you need nonprofits to be able to care for the needs of the children that are found. So it's a, a, a an operation. But at the end of the day, partnerships, collaboration and coordination between these agencies were, was critical. You mentioned uh, partnerships from uh, different agencies and services, state and local. Uh, what can you tell us, too, about how your office was involved in this operation? Absolutely. So we have a, a new human trafficking prosecutions unit. Uh, a year ago, July, uh, we started, and due to the uh, support of Governor Brian Kemp and the First Lady, who have made human trafficking a priority for the state, for them personally, our legislature funded it. So we have started uh, in September of 2019 with 16 members uh, that include a couple of prosecutors, an analyst, a victim advocate, and an investigator. And for this particular operation, we were in on the front end of it to make sure that particularly as it relates to human trafficking and the suspected human trafficking victims, that law enforcement were helping us hold accountable those that were abusing children. So making sure that we had the right evidence, making sure from a legal perspective for the cases that would be brought in state court in Georgia, that we did it the right way, that uh, we provided guidance, we provided uh, our investigator was a part of it as well. So really a seamless transition between state, federal, and local law enforcement. And to be in on the front end from our team's perspective is, is invaluable because again, we've got to make sure that we not only indict, but we convict those that are abusing uh, our children, that are buying and selling children for sex. On that note, Attorney General Carr, um, you know, we've talked about how some of these children were rescued uh, due to sex trafficking. They were victims of that, child exploitation, sexual abuse, uh, other different conditions. How widespread, when we look at the problem of sex, child sex trafficking, is this issue? Well, unfortunately, it's, it's one of those crimes that hides in the shadows. It's very hard to get the data for exactly, you know, how many children have been abused. But this is one of those just crimes against humanity that's a, a, a moral, uh, it's just morally uh, abhorrent. And so I've always said one child that we rescue uh, from a life of being abused and, and trafficked for sexual purposes is, is a good day. In this particular case, we had 15, but the point is there are more. Uh, and oftentimes Atlanta and Georgia is seen, well, aren't you a hub for sex trafficking? Well, it's hard to know where we fall in the line because as I said, it's hard to get the data, but there's sex trafficking all across the state of Georgia. There's sex trafficking all across the country and it's a global problem. But I do know this, when you start putting resources together like we have, you've got the state that is now committed to a human trafficking prosecutions unit. When you've got focus through our Georgia Bureau of Investigation, I've said it before, when governors and presidents make issues, issues that matters. President Trump has made this an issue and has put resources 
for the federal government uh, through the federal government toward this issue. Uh, Ivanka Trump has become the point in the administration. I mentioned before Governor Brian Kemp and the First Lady. The First Lady has created a commission on uh, called the Grace Commission that's bringing all the experts to the table to say what are we doing and what do we need to do next and what do we need to do better. Uh, that shows the importance of this issue and the focus on this issue uh, because it's very difficult to find out how, what the specific numbers are. We're trying to all do better to coordinate so that we are data driven and we are evidence based. But at the end of the day, again, one child that's being abused like this, where we can come in and make a difference and rescue them and hold accountable those that are committing these atrocious crimes is good as far as I'm concerned. On a similar note, Attorney General Carr, as an attorney general of a state, what is your message to other states as well as other attorney generals about the importance of operations like this one? Well, the beauty of this uh, initiative and, and, and what has happened on the issue of sex trafficking and human trafficking is it's brought everybody together. I mean, this is an issue where uh, attorneys general talk about this issue, coordinate on this issue, collaborate on this issue. Uh, at the national level, regionally, uh, there are conversations that are being had because, again, we all recognize the horrific nature of what we are dealing with. So in, in my background, I came from the department. I was the commissioner of economic development where you had good success. The more people work together on an issue because no one agency had everything that was needed or any one city or one state. But when you start leveraging the resources that each of us have, you start having great outcomes. And that's what you see here. You see uh, law enforcement working together, again, in a regional basis, uh, in a national uh, uh, type platform. But you also see attorneys general. You see others. You see governors working on this issue. And the other important piece of this really is, is training and uh, education and awareness in the private sector. Because the more eyes we have on this issue, the more people feel like they can contact law enforcement and say, hey, this just doesn't look right when you see an older adult and a child and they're not making eye contact or, or something just seems out of place. Uh, it would be better to be wrong than let one more child be in a situation where they're being abused. And so this has just become an issue that's gotten into the national consciousness, the national conversation. And that's a good thing because we don't need children to be abused. The average age of a, a sex trafficking victim is a 12 to 14 year old girl. It's not just girls. It's also boys. I mean, that's a sixth to an eighth grader. Um, they shouldn't be in a situation where they're being bought and sold for sex. And, you know, they, they, you know, they should be in school. They should be playing sports. They should be on the theater, on the stage. They should be you know, partaking in, in, in things that are, are fun for, for those in middle school and early high school to be doing. They shouldn't be abused. And so this is just one of those issues that everybody's come to the table. And, and that's a good thing. You had mentioned uh, the importance of training people in the private sector. Are you doing any particular things on that? And if so, what does that look like for you guys um, as you reach out to those in the private sector? Oh, we are. And, and this is a great example. I mean, just give you two private sector examples. One, Delta Airlines, which is, is headquartered in Atlanta. They have committed as a company to be the eyes in the sky. They're training all their flight attendants. They've been absolutely fantastic. Uh, we've got UPS uh, also headquartered in Atlanta that is spearheading truckers against trafficking doing training programs. And when you think about it, Delta Airlines flies all around the world, flies all around, obviously, the United States. Uh, they have a reach that's unbelievable. UPS is in every neighborhood in the world. 
And so when you train all of your drivers to be aware of, of the red flags as it relates to trafficking, that's a good thing. The state of Georgia, the first lady has implemented a training program for all state employees. Our office works with nonprofits like Wellspring Living and Street Grace through, uh, to coordinate trainings with our Criminal Justice Coordinating Council at the state level, also with the GBI. So there's a number of training programs people can get either through industry, uh, through nonprofits, or through the state of Georgia. Because again, if we could have all 10.6 million Georgians aware of this issue, uh, again, we will be a lot more successful in protecting children. As we wrap up here, I did want to ask you all are super busy and I just wanted to ask and see if your office, if there's anything else you all are working on that you'd like to highlight uh, as the Attorney General of Georgia. Uh, would love to hear about that. Sure. Well, let me just see. You know, from uh, Operation Not Forgotten, we have five arrests already and other investigations that are going on as it relates to sex trafficking. And we anticipate that other arrests will be made. And so that is relates specifically to that. But I told you, you know, our human trafficking prosecutions unit is only a year old. But, you know, in the one year they've been up and really fully uh, staffed and, and operational, we've placed 18 victims already uh, in uh, rehabilitation centers, such as the state's receiving Hope Center, which is operated by Wellspring Living. We're working cases in, in 11 of Georgia's counties. We've already indicted five traffickers and have eight ongoing investigations. And we're about to add another prosecutor to the team. So uh, we feel very good about where we are. But but I think the future uh, is bright as it relates to rescuing victims. And if you are uh, committing acts of, of sex trafficking, whether you're a buyer or a seller in Georgia, you need to think twice about it because we're coming after you. Well, Attorney General Carr, thank you so much for joining us. There's been so much bad news lately, and I feel like this is such good news that everyone can really be encouraged by. So thank you for joining us and speaking with us and sharing. Absolutely. Thanks, Rachel. Appreciate your interest uh, on this issue. And that'll do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening to the Daily Signal podcast. You can find the Daily Signal podcast on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and now iHeartRadio. Please be sure to leave us a review and a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and encourage others to subscribe. Thanks again for listening, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. It is executive produced by Kate Trinko and Rachel Del Judas. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. For more information, visit DailySignal.com.